attention tonight to the book of Ezra chapter 2 the book of Ezra chapter 2 I want to say how good it is to see brother and sister Tummins here tonight God bless you so good to see you always we love you very very much and are, are grateful anytime you make your way up to Cincinnati amen and good to see brother Steve Kovach here hallelujah all the way from Raleigh North Carolina just coming back home for a little while we're grateful Anytime to see him. It's good to see everybody in the house of God tonight. Look at your neighbor. Tell him it's good to see you. It's good to see you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know Sunday nights, Sunday nights are sometimes a little laid back. That's all right. God can, God can move when, even when we're laid back. Hallelujah. And um, I don't know if we're going to have a storm outside or what, but, but we'll have peace in the midst of the storm. We'll just give God the praise and the glory. We're so good, glad to, to celebrate what the Lord is doing. Amen. Thank you to all who came for our life group training tonight. And uh, we thank God for what He's going to do in our life groups. Before we go into the Word of the Lord, I, I really want to take a moment, and I believe we've already done this, but I would like, if we have, to, to do it again. Um, I want to pray for the people who have suffered so much in Texas today we're just saying things that um, that are unthinkable and we're seeing the fulfillment of the scriptures that the love of many shall wax cold and uh, we're watching it unfold before our eyes and there are many families that are devastated tonight and uh, we're going to pray for them right now Let's do it all over this building. Lord, in the name of Jesus, move upon these families, God, that have been so deeply troubled and so deeply wounded. Oh, God, those that have been wounded, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bring healing to their bodies, bring healing to their minds. Lord, I pray you'll bring hope to our world. Hallelujah. Oh, be, be thou our Savior, oh, God. Be the Savior, God, to each and every human being, Lord. Rescue man from his fallen state, I pray, O oh God. Take the murder out of the heart of the murderer, Lord. And save them to the uttermost, O oh God. Oh God, those that have fallen into the devil's snare, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll rescue them. Rescue them, rescue them, rescue them, I pray. Come on, church, let's lift up our voices and pray. Oh God, be a peace in the midst of that storm. Hallelujah, be hope in the middle of that hopeless situation, God. Lord, I pray for healing in the hearts and the minds of people. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We give you praise. I'm glad to be able to serve the Lord tonight. I'm really glad to be able to serve the Lord tonight. Ezra chapter 2, verse 61. The children of the priests, the children of Abiah, children of Kaz, the children of Barzillai, which took a wife of the daughters of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and was called after their name. These sought their register among those that were reckoned by genealogy, but they were not found. Therefore were they as polluted and put from the priesthood. And the Tirshatha, or the governor, said unto them that they should not eat of the most holy things, 
till there stood up a priest with Urim and with Thummim. With Urim and with Thummim. I want to preach for a few moments on the subject when the high priest stands. When the high priest stands. And I, I don't know how long I'll be. I don't anticipate being very long, but I feel like the Lord has something to speak to our hearts tonight. So if you'll help me pray right now over his word that he would bless us as we receive it in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray you'll move upon us in a deep way tonight. Lord, let your word minister to our hearts in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, that you've come to save. We thank you, God, that you've come to seek and to save. That which was lost, I pray in your name that you would move, Holy Ghost move, Holy Ghost move into the hearts and the minds of people who are gathered here today and let your word minister to us in a beautiful way. Pray for your anointing. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. We'll just, we'll just get right to this passage of Scripture because it's not a very common passage. And so we want to understand what the Word of the Lord is saying here. We are looking at a restitution of things in Israel. A restitution of the tabernacle, a restoration of the priesthood. Uh, Israel has been in exile. They've been in captivity. And they are trying to kind of get things together again. Of course, Ezra was a scribe and priest. And he was used of the Lord to to do a a great work in gathering together Israel. And uh, he was contemporary, of course, with with, uh, great men, Nehemiah. uh, And Ezra worked together. And we see them together in the book of Nehemiah. Uh, Ezra was instrumental in reestablishing the law after Israel had been taken captive. We, we've got to realize that when Israel was taken captive, everything changed for them. They went from being an autonomous nation, uh, able to practice the law of Moses, able to uh, live according to the word of the Lord and, and practice the faith that was delivered to them in peace. And they were able to be deliberate about it. You know, they were to do things like read the law of God annually in the ears of all the people so that everybody could understand uh, what the law of the Lord was. And, uh, and so when they were taken captive, that was disturbed. They had a way that their sins could be atoned Uh, For a year, the high priest would go into that holy place uh, annually. He would go in beyond the veil, not without blood, but he would go in and he would make an offering for his sins and for the errors of the people. And and this was an annual practice that was disturbed by captivity and, and it no longer was able to function as it was to function. Now, all of these things were types, if you please, and shadows. We, we use the term type and shadow. What we mean by type and shadow is that, that they, were, they were symbols, symbols of something far greater that was, that was coming uh, down the pike. 
And, uh, and that thing that was coming, of course, was the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as the symbol of the lamb that was spotless was, was used to shed its blood, it was a symbol of the substance that was Jesus Christ. Jesus was the substance. The lamb of the Old Testament was the symbol. Jesus' blood was the substance that saves and sets free, but the blood of the lamb was the symbol. And, the, and Jesus was the tabernacle that we enter into and we find atonement for our sins and we find redemption for ourselves. Uh, but, but the tabernacle of the Old Testament was the, the symbol of, of that. And, and the, the, the Old Testament talks about the fact that there was a high priest that, would, that was anointed by God, that was designated to take the sins of the people to God and let God deal with those sins. And of course, there was the shedding of the blood of goats, the shedding of the blood of calves, the shedding of the blood of, of rams and sheep. And, uh, and this was, of course, all symbols of the fact that there would be one who would step onto the scene. And, uh, and his blood, hallelujah, would be the precious blood that saves to the uttermost. So in the Old Testament, there was symbol, and in the New Testament, there was substance. Amen. In the Old Testament, they, they had something that they could wrap their brain around, but it wasn't, it wasn't the end all. It wasn't the real thing. The real thing would be found in Jesus Christ. So in the Old Testament, you had a high priest who would bring a lamb, who would shed the blood of that lamb, who would bring it to a brazen altar, who would bring, it, bring himself to the labor of water, and everything that he came to, there would be blood sprinkled upon the furniture of that tabernacle, and there'd be showbread and candlesticks and altar of incense. He'd go into the holy place, and, uh, and he would bring the sins of the people before God, and he would come as, as spotless as he could. And, and he would come as blemishless as he could. And all of this was symbolizing the fact that Jesus was coming. And Jesus would be the high priest. Jesus would be the lamb. Jesus' blood would be the blood of the lamb. Jesus would be the tabernacle. Jesus would be, that the cross would be that brazen altar. Hallelujah. Jesus would be the substance of everything that was being symbolized in the Old Testament. And, uh, and, but, but nonetheless, God told Moses to establish these symbols in the Old Testament because the people of Israel were so far from understanding anything about God that before they could truly have a revelation of Jesus Christ, they had to be met. At where their minds were. They had to be met at where their, their, their capacity for understanding was. And their minds were darkened. And their, their understanding was so limited. And so the Lord even prepared feasts before them. And would teach in those feasts about Jesus the Christ that is coming. He would raise up prophets and declare to them that Jesus the Christ was coming. That Jehovah would become their salvation. That Jehovah is their provider and Jehovah is their healer. That Jehovah is their banner. That Jehovah is their shepherd. That Jehovah is their present God. But that Jehovah would become even more than that. But he would become all of those things 
wrapped up into one name, a name to which the devils, at which the devils tremble, a name to which every knee shall bow, the name that is above every name, the name that has subdued every principality. Hallelujah. The name that has subdued every power, every prince of this world has been subdued by the precious and the powerful name of Jesus the Christ. But God would establish these symbols that would represent the substance so that Israel could come to an understanding. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said it like this. He said that the law was a schoolmaster that would bring them to Christ. It was, it, was like, it was like grade school. It was like junior high. It was like high school. It, it wasn't adult life, but it was, it was a simulation of what adult life would be. It was routine was established and understanding was given and, and, and metaphors and analogies and allegories and explanations and, and it was leading them to the Christ that would come. Hallelujah. But Israel in captivity was separated from all of that symbolism. And so they were trying to reestablish this symbolism. And they were trying to get back to a place where they could practice uh, in the old covenant, the, the tenets of the old covenant. And so they were bringing people back from wherever their captivity had been. And they were saying, now we want to find out who among us is to be a priest of the Most High God. And they began to go down the list and check the genealogies and check the records of who would be a priest of the Lord. Because not just anybody could be a priest. You didn't just get to walk up out of a tribe of Dan and a tribe of, of, uh, of uh, Issachar and say, all right, I decided I'm going to, I like this priest bit. I think I'll, I'll try my hat at that. It's not how it worked. You had to come from the tribe of Levi. And uh, you had to be a Levitical, a part of the Levitical genealogy. Levi had to be your ancestor. And uh, so they were trying to check the genealogical records for all that were from Levi so they could establish the priesthood. And they were going down the list. And that's where we entered the text. We entered the text where they were checking the records. And the records showed that there were some who were priests and they were being reappointed. They were being appointed. They had all of the necessary genealogical connective connection back to Levi and it was, it was all right. Then they got to this guy by the name of Barzillai. And Barzillai was a, was a conundrum for them because he was... Uh, he, he was, his name was Barzillai, but, and he was claiming to be of the tribe of Levi. He was letting them know, look, I, I am a bona fide member of the tribe of Levi. But the problem was that he had at some point married into a famous family of Israel, which was the family of Barzillai. They were a Gileadite family. They were well known. They were prominent in the days of David. And, and their offspring had, had descended down and, and he was well known. And, and his name traveled with his family. This man was so enamored with the namesake of the family Barzillai the Gileadite that he decided he would take on their name and that he would shed his association with the priesthood that had been handed down to him. And so his priesthood was cast off. And he, in exchange, took the name of Barzillai the Gileadite. 
He said, it is more important to me that I be associated with a name of fame than I would be associated with the priesthood that was passed down by my biological father. And so he wrapped himself around. I mean, why would you want to have any association with the priesthood? That's not going to make me any money. You know, the priesthood, there was a little problem with that because Levi was the only, only uh, tribe that did not have inheritance in Israel. All of the other tribes had inheritance. They were all given lots, land for inheritance. But because Levi the man took vengeance upon someone in his young life, he and Simeon, Levi was restricted from having any inheritance in the land of Israel. So Levi got no inheritance. This is how Levi survived. He survived on the tithe that was given to the tabernacle, that was given unto the Lord. That's how Levi and all the tribe of Levi survived. They were Levites. They were the priests. They took care of the things of the work of God. They took care of the things of the tabernacle of God. This did not appeal to this young man. I don't know exactly what his name was before his name was Barzillai. But when he came into the family of Barzillai, he said, I don't want anything to do with that Levitical life. I don't want anything to do with having to depend upon the, the will and the providence of God. I would rather associate myself with a successful man, famous man, well-known man like Barzillai, the Gileadite. So instead of his wife taking his name, he ended up taking the name of her family. And took upon himself the name of Barzillai the Gileadite. Now there are people who make this mistake. They, they, they go through a season of their life. A phase of their life. They go through a time in their life. Where they appreciate the things of the world. More than they appreciate the things of God. Be very careful. Be very careful. Be very careful. Because the thing of God that he has given to you is so precious. It's so precious. Don't ever give it up. Don't give it up for anything in this world. There is nothing in this world worth trading in your heritage for. There is nothing in this world worth giving up what God has given to you in the way of inheritance. I'm going to tell you something. If you own one of these things, you have one of the most precious commodities the world has ever known. It is the most beautiful book hallelujah that the world has ever known inside of this book is the key to the gate of heaven inside of this book is the is the code on how to get out of hell inside of this book is deliverance for your soul inside of this book hallelujah is life everlasting and if you were born into a household of a mother and father who hold on to this book and believe in this book and put this book at the center of their life, you ought to hit the ground every morning rejoicing and giving God praise. Hallelujah. 
Because there are a lot of there are a lot of children being smacked around by abusive alcoholics who would trade with you any day of the week. There are a lot of people who've never heard of Jesus, but everything in their soul longs for him. And they looked for him in drugs, and they looked for him in sexual relationships, and they looked for him in alcohol, and they looked for him in abusive relationships, and they don't even know they're looking for him. And here we are with silver spoons of truth hanging out of our mouth, fat and sassy, taking it all for granted. God forbid. I said God forbid that we would ever take it for granted. We ought to thank God he gave us the Holy Ghost. We ought to thank God he gave us the blood of Jesus. We ought to thank God. Oh, we ought to thank God. We ought to thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I got to hear my mother pray. Thank you, Jesus, that I got to hear my father preach. Thank you, Jesus, that I grew up in a family that made Jesus the priority. Uh, Listen, there are a lot of things that show up in life beckoning you to get off of this path. A lot of things telling you you're missing out. You're not missing out. You've been called out. I said, you're not missing out. You've been called out. Hallelujah. Don't envy the world. Don't envy the things of this world. Don't you believe that serpent's lie that somehow you're missing out? This tastes good. You ought to try it. Yeah, that really worked for Eve, didn't it? Don't you fall into that trap. You better thank God that he gave you a priestly inheritance. Thank God for our inheritance of worship. Hallelujah. That that somber, sober place where we weep tears of joy and gladness and gratitude and humility. Thank God for our heritage of praise. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I'm so glad I know what it means to clap my hands. I'm glad I know this isn't, this is reserved for Jesus. I said this is reserved for Jesus. Hallelujah. This isn't for any rock band. This isn't for any football team. This isn't for some political candidate. This belongs to Jesus. He brought me out. He brought me out. He lifted me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God for our heritage of praise. I thank God for our heritage of believing in the power of the name of Jesus Christ. I know what to do when trouble strikes. I call on that name. I said, I call on that name. You know who taught that to me? My priestly inheritance was passed down to me. His name is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. I don't care if they legalize weed. Don't you smoke it. I said, I don't care if they legalize marijuana. Don't you go down that path. It doesn't matter if the world says it's all right. You hold on to your inheritance. God gave you something precious. God gave you something pure. God gave you something holy. God gave you something special. 
Don't you be like, don't you be like the prodigal son living in the blessing of his father's house and just simply not caring. I don't know what he was doing. He must have, he must have had Instagram or something. Taking a peek out into the world and believing the lie. Let me tell you what the Bible says about believing lies. It says if you believe a lie, you'll be damned. Don't believe a lie. It leads to damnation. Hallelujah. I know that word just kind of floats out of my mouth and hits your brain and just kind of bounces off. Damnation is the most horrific thing that you and I could ever understand or imagine. We can't understand it. There is nothing in this world that we have ever experienced that comes close to giving us a glimpse of what eternal damnation is. But if you believe a lie, you'll be damned. And this prodigal son believed that there was something out in that world worth giving up his inheritance for. And so he said to his father, give it to me now. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait for your will. I want my will to be done. And so he took his father's inheritance and he went out into the world and he said, I want to live it up now. I want to experience it now. I want to get all of it I can get now. And of course, we see how that turned out. He joined himself to a citizen of that country. He lived riotously. He ruined his life. He spent all that he had with, with, with women of ill repute, living a reckless life. And he ended up in a pigsty. Folks, crazy. Crazy. Out of his mind. And drugs will do that to you. Out of his mind, alcohol will do that to you. Out of his mind. And folks, I'll tell you what will do that to you. Sin will do that to you. Condemnation will touch your brain and it will actually begin to make you lose your bearings on life. And he would sit in that pigsty. Hallelujah. Thank God that's not the end of the story. But that he came to himself. I said he came to himself. Let me tell you what makes you come to yourself. Is a mother or a father praying in Jesus name. Let me tell you what comes to yourself. A praying church will make somebody come to themselves. Don't stop praying for the backslider. Don't stop praying for the person who walked away from God. Pray, pray, pray and pray some more. Pray without ceasing that God would grip their hearts. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I hear you, Lord. I feel you, Lord. You're reaching for somebody, Lord. Do it in the name of Jesus, I pray. Holy Ghost, have your way. Holy Ghost, have your way. In the name of Jesus, this is what Esau experienced. Esau had fallen in love with the field. He became a cunning hunter, and he knew how to survive. At least he thought he did. He thought that he had mastered something that his father knew nothing about, that his grandfather knew nothing about. He didn't really want what they had. It had become boring to him. 
the stories of grandpa hearing a voice from heaven telling him to leave his father's house and go out into a country that God will show him that he would be led to a city that had foundations whose builder and whose maker is God a city that was made without hands but made by the providence of God and Abraham I'm sure would tell that story if he's anything like my family that's what they kept talking about kept talking about kept talking about let me tell you what God said to me let me tell you how God led me how God brought me out what God did for me but it just didn't appeal to Esau for some reason Esau was in love with the field he was in love with the world he was in love with the things of the world he was in love with what he could do with his own hands and he had fallen out of love with the inheritance that had been handed down to him he had the birthright of Abraham and Isaac and he didn't care he didn't care he was a slave to his appetite he was a slave to the whims of his carnal flesh and when push came to shove he was willing to trade give up what God had given him by way of inheritance so he could satisfy the momentary hunger of his fleshly appetite and he lost the birthright and he ended up losing the blessing see when you give up the birthright you give up more than you expect to give up you're not just giving up the birthright you're giving up the blessing now I know you've rationalized it and you've justified it and you've said I'll give up this and keep that and I'll give up that and keep this doesn't work that way you give up one thing and you're giving up everything hallelujah you need to reverse your thinking in Jesus name you need to grab a hold of everything that God has given you and say I will not take it for granted I'll hold on to it with my whole heart I want it I want it I want it and this man by the name of Barzillai he just he just gave it up I mean who needs it who needs it I mean we're not even a nation anymore we don't even have a tabernacle, he's thought to himself. We don't even have a brazen altar or a labor of water. I mean, it's an antiquated, outdated concept. I mean, I see it in the scriptures, but, but, but who cares? Because it's not respected in this world where we're living. We're living in captivity. We're living in an exiled situation. We're living in a situation where nobody even knows what a priest is, a God-ordained priest. They have priests who actually have gods you can see, gods you can touch. They're not real gods. They're fake gods, but they're, but they're, but they're idols, and, and you can touch them, and you can, and you can see them with your eyes and here we are we've got a God that nobody can see it's this invisible God and, and we're supposed to we're supposed to be tied into this priesthood that's what was handed down to me I'm going to tell you something it doesn't matter if you've got millions of dollars handed to you there's nothing more precious than salvation there's nothing more precious than truth there's nothing more precious hallelujah than a heritage of righteousness if you've got a godly hallelujah if you've got a godly mother or father, you ought to grab them by the neck, hug them, and thank them for giving you this priceless gift of access to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you got an elder or a mentor in your life who, who took you under their wing when your parents didn't serve God, you ought to thank God for that person. Hallelujah, because they gave you a priceless inheritance. Brasilia, I didn't care. He, he said, I, I, I think I'm more f comfortable with being attached to Brasilia's family 
than I am the family of Levi. So I'll be called by their name. And then life happened. And it always does. It always does. I don't know what his pigsty was or what it looked like, but something similar to the prodigal son. See, there's a season that comes, and just as it comes, it goes. Where you might think that this is a good idea for me to venture off the path, to go down this alley that veers off of what God has ordained for my life. But life will happen. It always does. And you'll begin to reap the wages of sin. The pleasures of sin will far be gone. And you'll begin to reap the wages of sin. And the wages of sin are the most terrifying and terrible things that could come your way. And broken hearts come. And broken spirits begin to develop. Feelings of bitterness and feelings of hatred and feelings of anger. They start to develop. And, and life begins to break because you're trying to take into your own hands something that only God can control. Something that only God, hallelujah, can will. And, and so you're trying to make a way for yourself. And the Bible warns us there is a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is, is destruction. It seems right to a man, to a woman to a boy to a girl but the end thereof is always the same it's always death it's always destruction it's all it doesn't work out and here they are in like the prodigal son sitting in this this pigsty wondering what has happened to my world and here you are like Barzillai standing in line for the register of the priesthood hoping that you can get connected back to your inheritance and to your roots and he walks up to the register and says, I am of the tribe of Levi. That's who I am. And they said, well, let's have your identification and let's see all of the documentation. And as they began to look at it and check the records and check the books, they checked them exhaustively. And nothing he said was matching up because his name wasn't the same as it was. And, and, and something got lost and something got misplaced and they didn't know what to do and, and he's claiming but I'm of the tribe of Levi I belong to this family but long since long since it passed the opportunity to lay claim to this family because in a season of confusion in a season of, of resentment in a season of anger in a season of rage he threw away that connection to that family and he checked in with a more uh, appealing family as the world would see it and, and now he has lost his connection to the genealogy that God had laid out for him they didn't know what to do about it they went to talk to the governor the Tirshatha which, which they think was probably Zerubbabel and they said to Zerubbabel or whoever the Tirshatha was at the time and they said we don't know what to do this man claims I mean he claims he claims that he is a part of the Levite priesthood and we're trying to register that but we can't register that and so they said we don't know what to do and, and, and now at this moment the Tirshatha could have said well then just cut him off he, he, he can't be a part of this. Just cut him off, sever him. But he didn't do that. He said, you know what we're going to do? We are going to forbid him to eat of the most holy things until the high priest stands up with the Urim and the Thummim. And the high priest with the Urim and the Thummim can give us direction as to what to do for this man who lays claim to a family he has no right to. 
And, 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 and ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't know why he chose to do that. The Urim and the Thummim, really quick, let me explain to you what it was. It was a part of the priest's ephod. It was a part of his breastplate. It was one, two of the stones, the Urim and the Thummim. Those words Urim and Thummim mean perfect light. Perfect light. Lights and perfection. And, and, and they were used by the high priest. Aaron, for instance, could use the Urim and the Thummim. Now, it's a mysterious thing in the scriptures. We don't know a whole lot about the Urim and the Thummim. We know that Moses didn't need to use the Urim and the Thummim. Remember, Moses talked with God face to face. God spoke directly to Moses, and Moses heard directly from God. But there were some who did not have. In fact, anybody but Moses did not have that kind of access to God. And so they had to depend upon ways of hearing from God. And one of the ways God allowed Aaron, the priest, to hear from him was that he would put these two stones among the several stones that were in the breastplate of the high priest. And I don't even know exactly how it worked. I just know that this priest could consult the yearn and the Thummim and he would receive light as to what he should do about a given situation. Some say that they would light up, they would glow. Others contend that they were cast as lots. I'm not comfortable saying exactly what would happen, but they were perfect lights. And however it was employed, we know that the priest could consult with the Urim and the Thummim and he would walk out and have confidence that he knew what he should do about a given situation. But it had been a long time since anybody had ever utilized Urim or Thummim. Only the high priest had access to it. When the governor said that the priest that stands up with the Urim and the Thummim will come, it was a long shot. They were looking for priests everywhere. They were trying to gather anybody they could of the Levitical lineage to think that there could be a priest like unto Aaron who could stand up and consult Urim and Thummim and give direction for this man, Barzillai. That was a long, long shot and there's no record that there ever was a priest who stood up and had consultation with the Urim and the Thummim that could give clarity as to what they should do about Barzillai the Gileadite but I do know that there was a priest that stood up it may not have happened in Barzillai's lifetime but oh there was a priest that stood up hallelujah I feel like the Tirshatha understood something that maybe Barzillai didn't understand I don't even know if those that were consulting the Tirshatha understood, but he understood this. Every priest we've ever known was only a symbol of that which is to come. Every lamb we've ever sacrificed was only a symbol of that which is to come. Every time we entered the temple or the tabernacle, it was only a symbol of that which is to come. And I know, ladies and gentlemen, that there are problems that we don't know how to discern or decipher that there are problems people get themselves into and we don't know the right answer and they want access to the things of God but the life they've lived have pushed them so far from having access to the things of God but I want you to know there is a high priest that has stood up in the midst of this generation and it doesn't matter how far you've traveled away from the things of God and it doesn't matter when you cast him off or what road you've traveled down you can come to him I said you can come to him you can come to him Woo! 
hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. This is a complex situation. This man doesn't have any access. The priests of the Old Testament, they don't know what to do because they're symbols. Oh, but we have a high priest. I said, we have a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. We don't have a high priest who is so far removed from us that he can't understand or relate to what we're going through. I said, we have a high priest. We have someone who knows what we're going through, who knows what we're dealing with. He was numbered with the transgressors. He died the death of every sinner. He tasted the death of every man. He went once. He went once. He went once into the holy place. He went once into the holy place and gave himself a perpetual sin offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For there was a tabernacle made, the first, wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil... The tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant and over it the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now, when these things were thus ordained. The priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone, once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time hallelujah until the time of reformation but Christ I shout by myself but Christ becoming a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is to say not of this building neither by the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood I said by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us 
For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more, how much more, how much more, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit If the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, hallelujah, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, how much more shall it purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. You know what? You might be in the same spot as Barzillai, but you don't have to deal with the same consequences as Barzillai. You might have given up on your inheritance like Barzillai gave up on his. You might have thrown away your prayer life. You might have thrown away your conscience. You might have done everything you could to walk away from God. And, and in the Old Testament, Barzillai standing there in the line, waiting his turn, and they're looking at him saying, I'm sorry, but we don't have a high priest with perfect light. We don't have a high priest with Urim and Thummim. We've got to wait till the high priest stands that has Urim and Thummim. And Jesus is over here saying, if I be lifted up, lift me up, folks. I'm the high priest. I can deliver you from your mistakes. I can deliver you from your transgressions. I can deliver you. I'm the high priest. My blood has the power. My blood has the power. Hallelujah. 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 So the prodigal son sat there and he came to himself. And he said, the servants in my father's house. I wonder if there's an outside chance that my father would ever let me be a servant in his house. And he got up from that pig pen and he walked away. He walked away from the debris. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you don't hate sin now, you will. I'm going to say this again. You'll hate sin. Hey, if you, if you partake in sin, it's just a matter of time. You'll hate that more than anything that you hate in all of this world. 
It'll leave you destitute, devastated, hopeless, and helpless. But oh, hear what the preacher's preaching. If that's you, if that's you, get up. Get up. Get up. I don't care what kind of filth you're in. I said, I don't care what kind of filth you're in. Get up. Get up and go to the Father's house. There's a high priest who has power to make you clean, to make you whole, to make you whole, to make you whole. You might have walked away from your father, but he didn't walk away from you. He's waiting for you. He's watching for you. And when you come up over the horizon, he's going to run to meet you. I said he's going to run to meet you. I said he's going to run to meet you. He's going to run to meet you. If you believe it, send up a praise unto God right now. that what I'm preaching is true that what I'm preaching is true let the saved of the earth shout it out loud come on right now I want everybody who knows what I'm preaching is the truth to praise God like it's the truth Somebody ought to dance like it's the truth. Somebody ought to shout like it's the truth. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 I want somebody who knows what it's like to have made the most devastating mistake of your life. Turning your back on the very thing God had given you. Only to have God stand up as the high priest in your life. The mediator between God and men. Hallelujah. If that's you, I want you to begin praising God. Come on, I want you to step out of your seat. I'm opening these altars. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. We got to lift Jesus higher. This is the Jesus that the world needs to know. I said this is the Jesus that the world needs to know. Come on, I need some folks to come down to the altar and lift Jesus a little bit higher. Lift Jesus a little bit higher. I want you to lift up your voice and say, he's my high priest. He's my savior. He's my Lord. He's my God. Woo! 
There you go. There you go. He brought me out. He brought me out. He brought me out. He brought me out. That's it. Pour that praise on him. Pour that praise on him. Pour that praise on him. Hallelujah. 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 He's bringing you out. He's going to bring you out. He's going to bring you out. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, if you've got a bondage in your life, if you've got some chains that are holding you in captivity, I want you to give them to God right now. Tell him, God, you are my high priest. You are my high priest. Jesus, I give you my sin. Jesus, I give you my chain of bondage. Jesus, I give you this thing I can't control. Yes, Lord. All hail the power of Jesus' name. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. Let there be a praise. Let there be a pure and a holy praise 
to rise up from the innermost being. Come on, let a pure and holy praise rise up from your innermost being. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it, a thanksgiving, a gratitude unto God, a gratitude unto God, a gratitude unto God, gratitude unto God. Yes, Jesus. 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 Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. If you love him, sing it with me. Hallelujah. Oh, how I love Jesus. <laughs> Go ahead and lift that praise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, how I love Jesus. We're going to keep on singing this, but I want you to know if you need to find a place to pray right now, I want you to find a place to pray right now. I just feel like the Holy Ghost is doing something so beautiful in this house. The Holy Ghost is doing something so deep. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, let the Holy Ghost get down deep on the inside. Hallelujah. Woo, yes, Lord. 
Come on, somebody. Go ahead and put it up on the high priest right now. Come on, put that burden you've been carrying up on the high priest's shoulders. Yes, Lord. Put that burden up on the high priest's shoulders. Let him carry it into the holy place. Woo. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. You have a mediator. You have a mediator. You have a mediator today. The man Christ Jesus. Oh.